Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth here offering holistic wellness solutions for abuse survivors with chronic illness, using food and the power of the mind and heart to heal the body. Today, we are in a collective global trauma. It's a wake-up call of massive proportion as people all over the planet are in quarantine in their homes to stop this invisible threat of a virus called COVID-19. As we sit in our own personal wake-up calls, I wanted to bring some help to you. So if today's show, uh, I hope this today's show will resonate with you. I think it's uh, a very important conversation that we're having um, about the ultimate self-care that you can uh, access during this really strange time that we're all in. So please share this podcast with as many people as you think may benefit from it, um, which I think is just about anybody who needs help right now, and so many of us do. Um, so please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes, and take a moment to leave a review on iTunes to let us know how this episode has helped you get well now. Um, so today I am speaking with Ailat Avram. Is that how we say your last name? Yeah, Avram. Aviram. Uh, she is the best-selling author of If I Loved Myself, What Would I Do Now? I love that she did a question. <laughs> um, she's a clinical psychologist, hypnotherapist, energy healing teacher, speaker, group and workshop facilitator, best-selling author, and illustrator. So, so talented. Um, and she loves all of it so passionately. She's worked in private practice in psychiatric hospitals and clinics for over 12 years as an energy heal and as an energy healing teacher for 22 years. So welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. When you're speaking about me, I'm thinking, wow, this person, she does a lot of stuff. It's really trippy to hear your bio. And you're just like, oh yeah, wow. <laughs> Thanks for that theory. But yeah, um, I'm sorry? No, I was just saying thanks for that very impressive introduction. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you for all the work mm -hmm. that you've done to be able to help people these days. You know, people need help more than ever. I think um, all of us, you know, no one's exempt from what's happening. And um, you specialize in self-love. And uh, we were talking a little bit before this about self-love and how some people you know, we'll kind of shut that down and say, well, I already love myself. What do you, what do you mean? I don't need a book like this. Um, can you talk a little bit about your book and um, how to answer that question about yeah. self-love and, you know, I don't really need this. <laughs> it's actually, I think, a book about choices because the reason that the question, the, the title is a question is because the question is, if you loved yourself, what would you do now? And so in a way, it doesn't matter if you feel like you do love yourself or if you feel like self-love is not attainable for you. The, 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 the real question around self-care, and I love the title that you've given this podcast of the ultimate self-care during this time, because this is a book about choices and the choices that you make reflect whether you are being self-caring 
and whether you are listening to what your real needs are or you're not. And what I would very much love to be able to do is support more and more people to make choices that are self-loving and that are self-caring and that genuinely meet their needs. I think we'll have a happier and healthier world that way. And that's very much the work that you do as well. Yes, absolutely. But what do you say to people? You know, um, uh, I, I know a lot of people right now are, um, sitting at home eating sugary foods and, you know, just trying to do things to make themselves feel better or not feel at all. Um, a lot of people sitting around drinking wine. I see all the memes on, on Facebook <laughs> and all over the place, um, yeah. you know, and like doing all these things that are, when you look at the choice, I mean, not that those things are bad, you know what I mean? Like we don't want to label them. Um, but, you know, when you overuse those things to your detriment, you know, um, what do you say to people that are self-medicating and self-soothing like that, um, where it has a, an adverse effect on the other side of it? Yeah, I was thinking it's, it's, not, um, it's not that those things are bad. It's the, it's the question is why you're using them in that moment. A friend of mine said uh, that she was feeling so much pressure from people to transform and to use this time in the most beneficial way. But right now, all the only transformation that's happening is to a larger version of herself because of the way that she's eating, uh, <laughs> that she's doing. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it was actually her message really was that, you know, however you're coping with this time, it's okay. Because we are, you said, in a collective trauma, really. Um, so I don't think that the things specifically are bad on their own. But when we're using them to, to check out of our feelings, or when we're using them to avoid um, listening to what we actually need, then it can get quite troublesome because it, you land up with side effects or after effects that leave you feeling dull or bad about yourself or putting yourself down the thing about those behaviors that I find so amazing is that what we're actually doing when we reach for the wine or when we grab the you know whatever sugary food that we said that we weren't going to eat anymore we're we're actually just trying to make ourselves feel better we're really trying to meet our needs in those things it's an indirect attempt to meet whatever's going on in us and when I say a need what I mean by that is like for example a need for safety and security and certainty which are things that are not available to us right now right 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 exactly so from that place when when you are in that place of of, I don't feel secure. I don't feel safe. I don't know where my next paycheck is coming from. Right. How does a person, how do you help people make choices from that place? So the thing that I've found after all these years of working with people and, and uh, seeing how amazing people are, I've discovered that that saying that life doesn't come with an instruction manual, you know, have you ever heard that expression? Yes. Uh -huh. you know, people say, oh, but it doesn't come with an instruction manual. 
I've actually learned that that's incorrect. That's not true. It's false. We do come with an instruction manual for life and how to live our best life, but it's inside us. So it's quite amazing. It's like we have an internal GPS, a guidance system that you can tune into to figure out what your next step will be that will feel best to you and that will serve your relationships best and that will serve your body best. And it's yeah. that's actually where that question came from because if you ask yourself in a moment where you're not sure if you should have that glass of wine or if you want to veg out and watch another three hours of Netflix because you're already feeling blah, then that's that's the moment to actually say, okay, hang on a minute, wait. I've been watching Netflix for two hours already. I ate that stuff before and I'm just feeling bland and energyless and I'm really not liking myself right now and, and life feels quite miserable. So wait, there's that question. Let me just ask it. If I loved myself, what would I choose to do now? Or if I loved myself, what would I choose to say to myself now at this moment when I'm seeing myself, you know, in this space that doesn't feel good to me? And what that does is that on the one hand, it's really confrontational, right? I mean, it's like, ooh, okay, Um, this is not self-loving. You are confronting yourself, aren't you? (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) But the other other thing that it does is that it brings you right into contact with what you know is true and right for you. And I don't mean that head thing where you shame yourself because that's not the right thing to do and you shouldn't have eaten that. That's not what I mean. Oh, yeah, that just makes you feel worse. So much worse, right? When we do something that we don't like and then we beat ourselves up for it. It's like a double hit. Yes. So Exactly. And that's the thing because when you ask yourself, if I loved myself, what would I say to myself now about having binge watched and binge eaten and binge drunk or whatever it is that you've done? The answer from a loving, kind space is usually going to be something very um, compassionate. It will be something like, if I loved myself, I would say to myself, honey, I know that you're freaking out about what's going on and you don't know how to cope with it. And this is the way you've learned how to cope with it. And it's okay. But now let's pack away that stuff, brush off the crumbs and maybe just, you know, go for a walk around the yard. Breathe some fresh air. Right. Just a simple suggestion for yourself that uh, is, well, it, you know, and it's a pattern interrupt, you know, it's yeah. interrupting this pattern that you know that rabbit hole that you go down when you start, you take the drink and then you watch the TV and then you feel like crap and then you gain weight and all, you know, the you know, the whole Absolutely. rabbit hole. So it's like you're really stopping yourself from crawling in it. <laughs> You know, with a question, a great question. Well, what what we're wanting is, so self-care, I mean, the ultimate self-care, I I love it that you said that. I haven't put it in those terms before. But the ultimate self-care is actually to pay attention to yourself and your needs Mm -hmm. and treat them with respect and treat yourself as though you're important and you matter. 
And so when you're scared because you don't know what's happening with your job or with your income or about the health um, or about your loved ones, I mean, there's so much uncertainty at the moment. In those moments, you know, like, I like to say, what would you say to a young child who was in that situation? You wouldn't say to her, well, pull yourself together. Come on, you little sissy, you know, you know, back up, stop doing that stuff, stop acting out. You just, you just wouldn't say that to a child, would you? Well, I'm hoping none of us would. Yeah. No, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I've heard parents talk talk horribly to their children. Um, But that's also a reflection of how they're speaking to themselves. Well, what we're asking for is kindness and the ultimate self-care is to be able to be kind to yourself, in particular in the moments when you're struggling. I think that's ultimate self-care. Oh, gosh. That's powerful, right? What you just said right there, those moments where you're really struggling is that that's the time you need you the most. You need to hold your own hand. Um, And I... Yeah, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And that's a good good uh, visual for yourself, too, is having that holding your own hand and pulling yourself, you know, up, up off the side of the cliff and come on, let's go for this yeah. walk. And being compassionate yeah, about go, the fact. Go drink some water. Yeah. Those are practical things. and But like the tone of it is to be compassionate about the fact that you wanted to go off the cliff in the first place. <laughs> To just, <laughs> you know, to just like say, it's okay, love, I get it, you know, of course you feel that way. Now, what is it that I can do to help you in this moment where it feels so overwhelming and so horrible? Just that kind of kindness and compassion yeah. in those difficult moments makes it possible to get through them differently and makes it possible to sort of pull the pieces of yourself together and and make one small little choice towards something that will feel more deeply good for you. And that's really important what you just said. It's it's a small choice. It doesn't have to be something mm-hmm. massive. It doesn't, you know, be have to be a major undertaking of complete self-transformation <laughs> in the next no. 6 weeks while you're at home, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, it could just be one little thing right now, you know, go open the window and breathe in fresh air for five minutes or, you know, just something really simple. Um, I want to say a little bit too, or I'd like you to say a little bit more about, um, I think the most important piece of this is the internal guidance system that you mm. touched on briefly. Can you talk a little more about how you help people get in touch with that part of themselves? Yeah. So what I, what I am learning more and more is that I help people to make choice. That seems to be the work that I do. It is definitely about self-love. And I speak to people about learning to listen to their own truth. And all of that is so that you can make tiny little choices day by day, which slowly but surely turn you towards what you do want. So what I say is that within each decision, within each choice that you make, and it can be like, um, what socks shall I put on today? Or shall I even get dressed? Or what should I eat for breakfast? And it can be the really big decisions like, um, should I have this medical procedure? 
Should I marry this person? Shall I emigrate? I mean, big and small decisions. Within each choice that you make, there is what I like to call a sacred moment. Right at the center, there is a moment where you either turn towards what you know is right for you and true for you, or you turn away from it. And when you turn towards what you know to be true for you, it gives the feeling that someone is listening to you, what you want is important, that you matter, and that creates that feeling that everything's okay in the world and that you're safe and someone's got your back, you know, because you want something and it's true for you and, and this is who you are. And then the choice that is made is towards that. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. It really gives you a sense like everything's okay in my yeah, world. It's really... And yeah, and it's, yeah. It, you know, what you're saying too is just this is being really authentic you know just really listening on the inside and allowing your own personal sense of knowing to come to the forefront and 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 be in charge absolutely and and the thing is what's what totally amazes me about people is that we all know and sometimes people are say well what's your truth what do you mean what feels right for you i like to say just what you prefer your preference because that's pretty simple everybody has a preference you have a preference you always prefer this or that so if you turn towards your preference it feels better for you because then you land up doing the thing that you prefer so the thing is that when you turn away from your truth and when you consistently turn away from what you would prefer it feels bad and you start to feel like you're not so important and your needs aren't met. And when our needs are not met, that's when we start to do the things that we feel bad about later because we, we try to find other ways to meet our needs. So if we have a need to feel important and to be cared about and we turn away from, um, from what we wish would happen, then first of all, we create a life for ourselves that doesn't feel good because it's not what we want. And second of all, we'll do things that we later maybe feel uncomfortable or embarrassed about in order to try and feel important or to try and, you know, get the attention um, that we're seeking or feel like we matter. Mm. So when we consistently turn away... Like you're trying to squeeze yourself so into sorry, so life. again? Oh, I'm sorry. I said it's like when you're trying to squeeze yourself into a life that you think others want you to live versus the one that's authentic to you. Is that absolutely? Yeah, yeah. And and then of course you eat right, and then and then you feel bad about yourself, or you have a relationship that you know is not serving you, but you can't break away from it, or you have that extra drink, or you procrastinate on paying your bills or doing the work that you know needs to be done. And, and all of these are just attempts to get your real needs met. So in that sacred moment of every choice that you have, it sort of comes down to the stillness in the center where you know this is what I prefer or this is what I don't prefer. And you choose the one or you choose the other. And when you consistently choose the one that you prefer, you land up with a life that feels good to you and you feel cared about.
And if you consistently choose the things that you do not prefer, you land up with a life that feels inauthentic and and pretty horrible, really. And uh, yeah, and that's when we do the stuff that we're unhappy about. I'm thinking about too. You know, so many people are in that position where you know there's all these things that they have to do the have to's that they don't necessarily prefer Mm. to and um but that you know that but they're they're maybe attached to things like you know i've got to i've got to take care of my kids i don't feel up to it today you know things like that where it's you know you love your kids that's not the issue it's just you know how do you help people with with when you're standing inside of a place where you're not in a preference place um, yeah. and you can't really get that preference met, how do you, how do you help people with that? That's such a great question. And it comes up a lot in the workshops and the talks. It's, it's one of the big questions that comes up of how do I love myself? How do I meet my own needs when I'm in relationship with another? And the other can be your children and it can be your spouse and it can be your boss and it can be, you know, just the daily demands of stuff. Yeah. So there's obviously things that we need to do in the day, but usually what happens is that you bump up against a a conflict of your own needs. So, for example, you use the idea of having to look after your children when actually all you want to do is lie down on the couch and, you know, sleep for a week or watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a conflict of your own needs for the one need is to just rest and, and, and be off duty for a moment for just a lovely moment. Yes. <laughs> have some quiet, have no, nobody asking you for anything. That's a real need. Right. <laughs> and then on the other hand, <laughs> you have a need to be the kind of parent that you feel comfortable with being. You have a need to know that your child is being looked after. You have a need to um, to be proud of yourself as a person. And so in that moment, you actually have two important needs that are conflicting, to rest and to be the kind of parent you feel proud of. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it, it can get a bit complex on the one hand, but the thing that I always say is that within all of that, first of all, it's always reassuring to know that you're meeting your own need by going and looking after your child. Mm-hmm. Right. That's already quite nice when you go, I am tired. I really would love to veg out, but I also find it really important. It's very important to me to be a parent that I feel good about being. And if I don't go and answer my child now, I won't feel good about it. Yeah. So I'm going to look after myself right now by going and answering my child's call because I will feel good about it that's it's beautiful. my need that i'm attending to here yeah yeah exactly um because so other people's I find it needs quite are your needs too yeah that's a good way to look at well it. also to be like the, an, an employee that you feel good about or a partner that you feel good about mm. but then of course there are the times that we have to do stuff that we really don't want to do and in those moments, I, I sometimes find that the best thing to do is to ask yourself, how would I prefer to do this? Given that this isn't something I'd choose to do right now, I'd much rather do whatever else. Mm-hmm. But I need to do this now because, I don't know, if you have to do your taxes or your invoices or you have to clean the floor or whatever it is that you really are not 
in the mood for right now. <laughs> right, right. To, to say, first of all, I want to clean the floor because I'm looking after my own space or I want to do my invoices because that's how I get paid. And so this is an act of self-care. Right. But I don't feel like doing it now and I have to. So given that, how can I do this that will feel best to me? What can I say to myself right now that will be self-loving and encouraging and reassuring? What do I actually need right now to make this task or this activity more self-caring, more bearable? Uh, like, so sometimes it's like, about how you do it. That's true. Like uh, you can do something like turn on the radio, you know, listen to some of your favorite music while you're doing your taxes or something, you know, where you feel like Absolutely. there's something enjoyable <laughs> happening, you know, get a piece of chocolate and some tea or, you know, <laughs> I do totally. that. Totally. Or even just that. say really lovely things to yourself, you know, um, just go like, wow, you're amazing. Well done. You know, or you, you say, I'm going to give myself praise for every invoice I complete or, you know, every time I do this, I'll go and dance around the lounge to music that I like or whatever it is. You make it, you make it enjoyable for yourself in some way. Yeah, exactly. I love, there's this quote from Oprah. I absolutely love it's, uh, do what you have to until you can do what you want to. And I always, oh. it just really struck me as, wow, okay, I got to get all this stuff done. And then when I get on the other side of that, then I can do this, this fun thing. Or what you're saying too is like, well, let's combine the two. We don't have to say one or the other. Totally. <laughs> Make the yucky things fun. And you know, that's the thing because each of us knows, each of us knows what we like, right? Yeah. I mean, you know what you enjoy. So if you were, again, I like to use the example of speaking to a child because we don't often realize that the way we speak to ourselves inside of our minds is the most powerful form of self-care. So if you're speaking to yourself harshly or you say, Ugh, you know, it doesn't matter what you think, you just have to do it, just suck it up and yeah. get on with it. That's a horrible environment to be living oh in. Gosh. But if you say to yourself, like you would to someone you really care about, oh man, I know that this is hard. I'm sorry you have to do this now when you so don't feel like it. I tell you what, how about we make this fun? How about we... You know, and then you insert the things that you know that you would like. I love that. So make the yucky things fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, just again. And I think what you just said, too, was like that difference between how you parent yourself, like how you talk to yourself. You can be authoritarian and shaming, you know, and that can feel horrible. Or you can start to do yeah. exactly what you're, you've been talking about this whole time is be compassionate, be loving towards you and just like, eh, it's okay. You cannot want to do this right now, but Hey, let's make this, do this to make it more fun. So it's, it's a different way of thinking about how you are speaking to yourself. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you also have that experience of the times when you're kind to yourself. Life oh is so God. much easier, isn't it? than when you're harsh with yourself. Easier, for sure. So um, I know one <laughs> of the things that um, we wanted to talk about when it comes to COVID is how, um, and what everybody's going through in quarantine right now, is how is that, how does that worry affect people's health? The worry about the virus. 
body functions best when it's in joy and when it's in relaxation and when you're feeling feelings of love and openness and curiosity. And when you're feeling feelings of worry or anger, fear, anxiety, stress, the body just doesn't really function as well because it's, I mean, sure people have heard about the, you know, fight or flight response. Your body is essentially preparing for yeah, war, isn't it? Yeah, and there it? is a threat. There is a threat going on right now. So people are in this place right now. Right. So when the, the thing is that when we focus a lot on fear or anxiety or the things that we're scared could go wrong or our worries about our future, our finances, our health, our loved one's health, all the things that people are worried about at the moment. When we're spending a lot of time thinking about that and, and especially stressing about it or worrying, our bodies create all of the stress chemicals that um, in order to prepare our bodies for, for fighting off the threat. And when we're in a state of fear or stress, it's not really the time to be creating things or um, <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember who, who said it. I heard someone say it the other day. They said, when you're, when there's a, a, a lion about to attack you, it's not really the time yeah. to digest a good steak. Yeah, exactly. You digest, digest your whole failure uh -huh. at that point. <laughs> it was such a funny yeah. way of yeah, it's just not time, you know, and it's also not the time to think what what the mosaic you want to put on your kitchen right, table right. is going to well, look like. You know, back that goes right back to all these basic needs not being met, or the fear of them not being met, you know. So, yes. so yeah, so that's that's an important Absolutely. piece, and I think a lot of people are being pushed and told, you know, like, oh, this is the perfect time to create, and you know, write your book, do your program, and I, I said this too you know but as we get further into this this whole situation I think we're all dealing with uh, lack of focus I hear it from a lot of people um, you know just feeling mm. an overall sense of malaise well absolutely not I think I think a part of that is because there has been so much anxiety that we've all had to process just from the constant articles and the news and the people talking about you know, all the things we're talking about. When we're in stress, our brain actually shuts down part of its functioning. So we're not able to have higher level reasoning. We can't really think creatively. We can't abstract. We can't go outside of the box. Our brain is very focused on survival and, and it's quite a, quite a dense kind of thinking. It, it's quite limiting. It's like putting those uh, horse blinkers over your eyes so you can only see towards the problem and what might solve the problem. And at the same time, our body stops digesting food very well. Um, it stops, uh, yeah, it stops metabolizing as much. So there are quite a few things that stop happening in a moment of stress because your body is using all of its resources to send to the muscles and the blood and to, to prepare you for getting away from the problem fighting it so the more we do it the 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 weaker our immune system becomes ironically yes yeah so what can you do about it this is a wonderful wonderful cure you can 
watch funny things that make you laugh. Yes. You um, focus on things that bring you joy and that make you smile. Think about cute, fuzzy things that, you know, like little kittens and uh, babies and sunsets and, you know, mountain views. And think about things that lift your heart, that make you expand. Mm -hmm. Listen to inspiring podcasts like this one. Um, listen to music that makes you feel uplifted and joyful. Put happy songs on. Um, read books that you know you love and that leave you feeling like maybe there's hope in the world. Yeah. And doing those things may sound escapist, but it's actually the healthiest, most wonderful, immune-boosting thing that you could do. Absolutely. Things that make you feel joyful. Exactly. And, and what you're saying too is, is it's the thing I teach with all of my clients is the same of shifting that energy where you're, you're going from that fear and that stress and anxiety, which is making you it literally will make you sick. We know this scientifically and shifting oh, yeah. that towards love, joy, excitement, peace, and focusing on those because those emotions make you well. You know, like that's a bottom. Isn't it wonderful that the things that feel so good are actually so super good for us? Yeah, they are. They are really good for us. And I, I know one thing I see a lot with clients is, is they'll get in that space of feeling like, I, you know, well, I don't know how to get from, from the anxiety to the joy, you know, like, and I love your question because it's such a bridge for people yeah. to walk over. Yeah, you know to... thanks for that yeah I, I love that as well I think it just somehow it gives you the next little step to take you know if you're stressing and you're feeling so worried um I was actually feeling a bit quite stressed the other day about something that there was nothing I could do to control it at all and I was I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be and one way could be really bad and the other one was going to be great and I had no way of knowing and I was just in that moment of of before finding out which one it was going to be mm -hmm. was really not not fun and I was I was feeling the stress but I wasn't really sure if to kind of uh, chew on the scary thing that might be unfolding mm -hmm. and then I suddenly remember remembered oh yes ask myself my own question <laughs> yeah. and you know you, you take your own, your own medicine, medicine. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So I stopped and I said, okay, hang on, hang on, stop. If I loved myself, what would I choose to do now? And the answer that came almost immediately was, I would just choose to not be anxious right now. I would just stop worrying. And it was, I mean, it sounds so um, simple and, uh, and also completely impossible, right? Because when you're really worried about something, when someone says to you, just stop worrying about it, that's just irritating. But in that moment, it really felt like I could choose if I was going to be um, focusing on this thing or not. And in a weird way, I just did, um, I just thought, okay, I'm not going to think about it right now. I'll wait for the results and the outcome. And I felt this immediate relief. Wow. So that must have been... Uh... That must have been really wonderful just to have that exhale. I was so surprised at how um, at how it actually worked because you know 
it's it's not something that usually is easy to do. I would just stop thinking about it or stop worrying, but it came from my heart, you know? It was like, actually, if I loved myself, I would just stop worrying right now. And then I just stopped. Yeah, that's really, that's really beautiful <laughs> that it's, hey guys, it's this simple, <laughs> you know? Um, really interrupting that, that, uh, that anxiety because you, it, at that point it had just overtaken you and now it's like, wait a minute, I don't have to allow this to happen. Huh, okay, let's go back to finding the joy again. I actually, um, in, in response to a lot of requests about how to deal with anxiety and fear, I've been doing the live streams on my Facebook page. Oh, great. And I did, a, I did a whole, um, we did a whole session on, on the antidote to fear and how, um, I mean, I go into a lot more uh, explanation there, but I want to give the, the gist of it here, which is that when we're worried about something, we do have to ask ourselves if there is clear and present danger. In other words, can this thing really harm me? Yes or no. Is it really endangering me? Yes or no. Um, and then if the answer is no, then you can stop worrying about it. If the answer is yes, this thing can actually harm me and it is endangering me, then you need to ask, is it present? So the danger is clear. Yes, it's there, but is it present? In other words, is it here right now about to harm me in this moment or in the next 10 or 15 minutes? Am I in actual clear and present danger of this thing happening? If it's clearly dangerous, but it's not here now, then you can stop worrying about it. If it's clear and it's present, that's the only time to focus on it and get into action and, and, and take protective measures. But the rest of the time, we actually are not required to do anything. And I did say about 99% of our lives is either really positive or neutral. Mm. And 1% is not. And we spend so much time focusing and fearing that 1% of our lifetime. Right, right. Yeah, because most people listening to this podcast will have a lot of the things uh, basic needs met and all of that. So it's it's those stories in the past. And I know both of you and I work a lot with, with people who've had trauma. So absolutely. Yeah. So the stories from the past and how we focus on them and make them so huge. And, I, and I'm not, you know, you know, I've, I've been guilty of it myself. I've had a lot of trauma myself. So I'm not saying that you know, mm. that this is not important and just pretend it's not there. And no. It's, it's really no, it's not that at all. It's actually about soothing yourself in the time when your past is repeating in that you're scared that that thing that happened to you in the past is going to happen again, or you're reacting to something that's happening now as though it's the thing of the past. Yeah. And it's a way of asking yourself, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm really feeling stressed right now. I'm really feeling scared. I'm having flashbacks. You know, stuff's not good. I don't know how to deal with this. Is it clear and present danger? And you could say, yes, what happened to me was dangerous and I did get hurt. And so it is clear danger, but is it present right now? No, it's not. So let me do, so if I loved myself, what would I choose to say to myself now? If I loved myself, what would I do now? Yeah, and, and the the answer yeah. is always so clear and present. Okay, 
I'm sorry. Um, the answer is always <laughs> be compassionate with you. <laughs> you know, be loving, be compassionate, be caring with you first. You know, um, it just keeps coming back to that. Doesn't it does. It? it does. And I'm I'm so appreciative of having you here on the show today. And um, can you let listeners know how they can get in touch with you? how they can get your book. I've read her book. It's great. I, I, and I've said, and I endorsed it, and I said it's it's one of the best books that really explains what self-love is. And it's very organized and very straightforward and lots and lots of great information and real help. So, Thank you so much. I mean, you're, you, you reviewed, I love your review. I put it right at the top because it was so... Oh. It was so touching and I know that the work you do is important and I'm so grateful that you do what you do and I'm, I really appreciate this opportunity to be here and chat with you. Yeah, thank you. Um, All the way from South Africa. It's like, you know, almost 10 o'clock at in night. South Africa. <laughs> For you. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night in lockdown. <laughs> I know. Whoa. <laughs> what a crazy world. It really is. Um, yeah, so what's the best way for people to so get you? Okay, well... My my website is called ifilovedmyself.com, ifilovedmyself.com, and you can, uh, my email is info at ifilovedmyself.com, so you're very welcome to get in touch with me. Um, if you sign on to the website, in, onto the newsletter, you're going to receive two exercises self-love exercises which are i find are so so helpful for people to use it they make a really big difference if they're used one of them we spoke a little bit about today which is about learning to speak more kindly to yourself and the other one is about feeling your feelings and how to do that exactly and the combination of those two is really helpful so that's a free resource that you'll get if you sign on to the newsletter um and then my facebook page is uh, I'm doing the live streams and all of the recordings are there. So there's lots of free resources to support you during this time. Oh, that's wonderful. And the book is called, If You Loved Yourself, What Would You Do Now? And it's available on Amazon. Okay, wonderful. And Kindle. Yay. Okay, great. Yay. So much great information. Thank you so much. Fantastic uh, uh, discussion in, in general. So... I was rich. Yeah, I really love talking to you. So thank you so much. Um, and listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast series. And please go ahead and share it with as many people as you think might benefit. And um, as as always, uh, I always like to say, uh, I hope that this information will help you get well now. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.